Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. So Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1, the prophet says, I will stand my watch and I will set myself on the rampart that is on a watchtower waiting in God's presence and I will watch to see what He will say to me and I, what I will answer when I am corrected. Thy will be done or not my will be done. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Hallelujah. You know, when God talks to you, He talks to you about your future. He doesn't talk to you about your past. He deals with your past and He talks to you about the future. So no matter where you are this morning, God has a great future, a great tomorrow for you. Plant every detail of your life. And we're going to talk about that this morning. He says, for the vision is for an appointed time, but at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, we can talk about that. Sometimes it tarries because of us. You know, when you climb in your car and um, you go on ways and ways shows you the best way, then you sometimes follow your way, right? And I, I don't know how they managed to do that, but that computer with that voice of that lady, that's why I don't think the Holy Ghost is a lady. No, I'm just playing now. Okay, I must be very careful what I say because Facebook blocked my page this morning. So, um, <laughs> yeah, they did, factual. So, um, that voice of that lady, we've all heard her, okay? There's an American lady that says, rerouting, and after you've taken the, you follow your own plan again, and it's like that voice gets a little bit more irritable. Rerouting. I think God's very busy by the Holy Ghost to rerouting some of you because of your stubbornness, dare I say, because of your self-willed ways, because sometimes we just think we know better. But I'll tell you something, God is able to get you to catch up. God is able to hasten His Word in your life. God is able to get you where you have to be exactly at the right time if you believe it. Say Amen. Come on. Oh, come on. Give Him a praise today in Jesus' Name. It says, It will surely come to pass. So Amos 3 verse 7, the Bible says, The Lord God does nothing unless He first reveals it to His servants, the prophets. So we're not called to stumble around in the dark. We're not called to live like people in this world that are uncertain about the future. I told you the word watch means to be vigilantly aware and alert. We have to be vigilantly aware and alert to what God is doing in the earth. Also to what God is saying to us. Secondly, we have to be vigilantly alert to what Satan is doing in the world and against us. And thirdly, I haven't spoken about this we have to be vigilantly alert. That word watch also means be ready for what? 
for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That means we have to live as if Jesus can come back any moment, but we have to plan as if He never is coming back. We're not just going to be white knuckle Christians hanging in there until Jesus comes back. We are here to occupy. We are here to take our world over. We are not here to roll over. Come on church in Jesus' Name. We are here to take over and to go higher, to be the head and not the tail. So. You know, when God created Adam, and I want to set the record straight, it's not because God had a need for anything, because God's not a needy God. God never created Adam because God needed fellowship. God never created Adam because God needed worship. Why do we worship God? Because we need to worship Him. Because if we don't worship Him, we're going to end up worshiping something else. If we don't give Him preeminence in our lives, we will end up giving something or someone else preeminence in our lives. So we need to worship. We were created by God, for God, and for God's glory. So when, when God created us, He wanted a family. And that is the perspective that Jesus Christ brought when He came to reveal God as our Father, that this is not some God-servant relationship, but this is a father-son, father-daughter relationship. And if we get that revelation, then the Word of God makes a lot of sense. Then we, we don't fear God. We're not afraid of God. Because the Bible says, He that fears has not been perfected in love. Because you still have a distorted image of God and a distorted image of who God is. So God is your Father. And like any father, I mean, I'm like all the fathers that sit here today, now grandfather as well. I just want to best for those kids, right? Do they mess up sometimes? Never. They're perfect. They have my genes. Of course they do. You have God's genes in you, but sometimes you're going to mess up. Sometimes you're going to fall short of the mark. Sometimes you're going to lose the way. Sometimes you are going to sin. Not that you plan to sin or live a life of sin, but you're going to sin. And then God is not there as your judge. He is there as your father. It's something I taught my children always. I said, I don't care what you do. Come to daddy. Anytime, any place, phone me. And I want to say to you that your God is the same. You can be in a midnight hour, God is there. You can be going through a dark season this morning, God is there. You may feel like you've lost your mind, God is there. He's your Father, He's never going to forsake you, He's never going to abandon you. Come on, if you believe it, give Him a Lord while I take a sip. My voice has been working hard, so in any case, still a few weeks to go of this. So ultimately, please listen, the outcome of our lives will largely be determined by the following. Number one, our willingness to connect with God. Not God's willingness to connect with us. Our willingness to connect with God, because God is always there. And James chapter 4, the Bible says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Our willingness to set time aside to worship Him, to spend time in the Word, to wait on Him. Dialogue, right? Not monologue. Secondly, the outcome of our lives will largely be determined by our consecration to God. We spoke about that last week. Jesus praying, not my will be done, but Thy will be done. 
Not serving God's will is an option in your life, but submitting to God's plan for your life. Even if sometimes the steps of God is taking you in a direction that you don't understand. God knows exactly what He's busy with in your life because God knows the future and God knows the plans He has for you. Can you say amen this morning? Okay. So thirdly, the outcome of our lives will largely be determined by our ability to discern, discern the will of God in our lives. You know, the Bible is like a roadmap. We all have to read the Bible. It's the basis of truth. It's the foundation of our belief. God will never violate His Word. The Bible says in Psalm 105, or Psalm 119 verse 105, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. But then who should I marry? It's not going to find it in the Bible, except if you do what we did in the early years, you know, when we never had understanding. We'd pray in tongues, take the Bible, turn it around this way, turn it around that way, and or and we'd open the page and point on a finger, uh, uh, on a scripture and, we, and, we, and it was be like thus say the Lord I will judge you and I was like, no 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 this is the wrong word uh, um, uh, and open the Bible again until I find a scripture and if you ever did that where were the, yeah, you see the young generation knows nothing where were the days when we cast out devils where people were so afraid of the devils they put Bibles they threw Bibles on the person with a demon devil in okay but at least we believed in the power of God and the power of the gospel because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Come on. God knows how to lead you out of the land of bondage into a land of freedom, out of the land of never enough into a land of more. Oh, come on. God knows how to turn you from downward to upward, from being the tail to the head. Come on. God knows how to get you through the valley of darkness, through the valley of discouragement. So number four, the out, and this is important. We might talk about this because people don't like this point. The outcome of your life will largely be determined by your willingness to submit to godly counsel and godly authority. Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Bible says through wise counsel, wage war. Many people make wrong decisions because they do not walk in relationship with spiritual godly counsel. Even Paul the Apostle never made decisions without submitting his revelation to the Apostles in Jerusalem. Every man, woman, child needs a spiritual authority, counselor, pastor, elder in their lives, okay? You can't say amen because that's the Bible, okay? Talk about the Bible. We talk about being led by God into the future that God has for you. Isolation leads to annihilation. And then number five, um, the outcome of our lives are largely determined by living God's will out by faith. We are always going to have to use our faith and take God-guided steps by faith. So the will of God is revealed, but then we have to live it out by faith. So I want to make it clear this morning that God's got a perfect plan for your life. Say amen. God knows whom you should marry. Say amen. Say amen. <laughs> oh, come on, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hand. Show it. Come on. God's going to show you. God knows where you should live, what city you should trade in. James chapter 5 is clear about it. 
God has a specific purpose for your life. You're not just born by the way a nobody, some amoeba proteus just floating through the universe. No. God created you for this time, for this hour. God has a very great plan for your life. As a doctor, He has a destiny for you. And then in that, intertwined with your destiny as a businessman, is the purpose of God for your life. To reach this world and to make this world a better place through the local church. Which brings me to number five. God is a planter. God is a builder. So God plants you in the church that He knows you need. I mean, if you know when you raised your kids, you couldn't always tell them what they wanted to hear. Now, some of you are still busy raising your kids and you're going to find out you can't always tell them what they have to hear. You know, as preachers, we can't always tell you what you want to hear. We, we can't stand up on these platforms which are sacred and tickle your ears and pacify you. We have to preach the Word of God in season, out of season. The Bible says we have to reprove, rebuke, exhort with all doctrine and long suffering. Sometimes people leave a church because the pastor is addressing a subject they're not comfortable with like racism or prejudice or, or identity or whatever it is. I think this Facebook is giving me a go now because I'm talking about identity because the world is in an identity crisis. They don't want me to preach the truth about that you were created in the image of God. Come on. And you should not live a life of confusion and I'm going to preach it whether they take me off or not. I'm going to tell you who you are created in the image of God, destined by God to be you. You be you. I'm talking about it tonight. So welcome, Facebook. Put me back up. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 verse 8, the Bible says, God sets the members in the church as it pleases Him. You're not a pot plant. You shouldn't be jumping from church to church. I mean, I never had my kids pack their bags and say, Dad, I'm moving to another house. Especially when we made them eat the vegetables and I had to sometimes correct them lovingly. Amen. I think David once told me I'm leaving and I said, okay. But he went as far as his room. That's how far he left. I did the same one day with my parents. I said, I'm leaving. So I, I packed my bag and I, I moved to the park. So Klein Parky. And I sat there and I was waiting, where's my mother, where's my mother, where's my mother, where's my mother, where's my mother? You don't want to leave the place where God's planted you. You don't want to leave destiny relationships. You have to get planted. You have to grow. You have to eat from the same table week after week after week. You cannot eat everywhere. Think what your children will look like if they eat with the neighbors and the grandparents. Hello, grandparents. We know what we do, right? We violate all our children's... Sorry. I've just exposed myself. Don't give them chocolate. Okay, MJ, let's go for an ice cream. What do you want? Chocolate. Don't tell your mommy. But that's my privilege, okay? So we should listen. We should live confidently. Anchored in the Word. Committed to be led by the Holy Spirit. No matter where we are, no matter what we face, Psalm 23 still applies. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For God, You are with me. Your rod and Your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Come on, when the enemy shows up, it's not time to get all morbid and depressed. It's time to rejoice in the Lord. It's time to have a feast. It's time to believe that a great breakthrough is on the way. Because I'll tell you, the greater the attack, the greater the promotion, the greater hell that attacks your life, the more God has promotion and blessing waiting for you on the other side in Jesus' Name. Every new level requires for you to defeat another devil. So don't be intimidated by the enemy. Keep following God through the valley of the shadow of death and watch what God is going to do. He says, you anoint my head with oil. I'm not going to lose my mind. For you've not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love and a sound mind. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever and amen. Somebody say amen, hallelujah. So I, I have to say this, push the pause button, which I've never done, but here I go. And I'm just gonna read this so that I don't get taken out by people that are worshiping their ancestors. Oops, I just said it. Okay, I retract that, you never heard that. How many gods do you have? How many gods do you worship? We honor our ancestors, we don't worship them, right? Okay, let me just do Bible. Let me be safe. Let me be safe. Keep the haters quiet if you can. It's impossible, okay? So, so Habakkuk 2, when, when Habakkuk talks about God, I will watch to see what the Lord says to me. He goes further and he gives a warning. Listen. Verse 18, he says, What's the use of a carved God? So skillfully carved by its sculptor. What good is a fancy cast God when, it tells, when all it tells is lies? What sense does it make to be a pious God maker who makes God that can't even talk? Who do you think you are? Saying to a stick of wood, wake up. Or a dumb stone, get up. Can they teach you anything about anything? There's nothing to them but surface. There's nothing on the inside. I know people get desperate. And we grew up as well with people going to the lay, oops, I must never be so cautious, careful, which I'll never be. The, the crystal ball reader, uh, come and read your, your, your future or read your palm. I mean, what's my palm got to do with my future? And if I lost my hand in, a, in, a, in, a mach- in an accident, does it mean I have no future? That means then now suddenly you can't read or, uh, or the stars are gonna show me the future. Yes, there's one star and that's the bright morning star, hallelujah. Come on, he's the way maker. I said there is one star and that is the bright and morning star. John 14, 6 says, He is the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but by Him. We don't follow the horoscope. We don't follow the, the, the cup of tea leaves. We don't follow the crystal ball. We don't follow the Uji board. We don't follow anything. And I did some of these things before I got saved. And if you give those things power, there will be power in those things. But we are warned against it. Habakkuk 2 verse 19, the end of I says, Woe to him, he says to word, come to life, or to lifeless stone, wake up. Can it give guidance? It is covered with gold and silver. There is no breath in it. 
Leviticus 19 verse 4, Do not turn to idols, nor make metal gods for yourselves, for I am the Lord. Verse 31, Do not turn to a medium, or seek out spiritists, for you will be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Saul, God's first chosen king of Israel, lost his kingdom because of his disobedience to God. And what did he do? People get desperate, so they run to a whatever, to go find counsel, they give money, to get blessing, to tie a rope or to do something and they think there's gonna be blessing. Those things are lifeless, lifeless objects. We don't put our faith in a rope around our wrist, a rope around our belly, a, a, a shoe hoof at the front of our, 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 our house. I mean, think about it. I mean, um, uh, back in, 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 in the old days or whatever the days were in South Africa, people put money in their shoe. Put a coin in your shoe to be blessed. I mean, how dumb can you get and breathe? There's no blessing in it. There's bondage. So watch what happens to a king. He says, Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He disobeyed God's command. He tried to find guidance by consulting the spirits of the dead. Instead of consulting with the Lord. Selah. I didn't write the Bible. So Habakkuk makes it clear, I will stand my watch. I will be vigilantly aware, alert, in tune with God and what God is saying. And my relationship will be based upon the Word of God. And from that place, God can lead me. It sounds like basic Christianity, which it is. God's never ever going to lead us beyond His Word. And the way God leads us is through His Word and by His Spirit. So if we violate God's Word, we are not open to be led by the Spirit. Are you listening to me? God leads us by His Word and by the Holy Spirit, both. You cannot say, well, God told me this and it violates Scripture. Because God cannot violate Scripture. His Word is exalted above His name. He watches over His Word to perform it. So the Word is the basis of your relationship with God. No Word, no life, no relationship. The Word teaches you about Jesus Christ, talks to you about your relationship, talks to you about your personal life, talks to you about sanctification. The Word is the instrument that God will use to purify you, to purge you, to renew your mind. Notice what David says in Psalm 23. I'll get there maybe in in weeks to life. He says, He restores my soul He leads me in paths of righteousness. If our minds are messed up all over the place, not renewed to think the thoughts of God, we will not be open to be led by the Holy Spirit because there'll be conflict between your mind, which is not renewed according to the Word of God and according to what God is saying to you. So the first thing the Holy Spirit is going to do after convicting you of the need of Jesus Christ is to bring to your remembrance what Jesus said already. If you cannot obey the Logos, you will never obey the Rhema. If you cannot discern the Logos, the written Word, how in the world can you discern a Rhema? A Word from God. So the relationship has to be founded strongly 
upon the word of God, where God's word is final authority. No but, because your but lands on your butt. No exception, because your exception is a deception. So what church are you planted in? You're still looking for a church? What's up? You're not going to find a perfect church because if you join it, you're going to mess it up because you're not perfect, my brother. Huh? I don't like the music. Well, I don't like the flowers in your garden. What's the point? What's the issue? We're not fickle. We're led by the Spirit. We're led by the Spirit. Amen? So, I will say it again, it's God's will to lead and guide you as your heavenly Father. Isaiah 58 verse 11, the Bible says, the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought. Isaiah 30 verse 21, your ears shall hear the word of the Lord behind you saying, this is the way walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whether you turn to the left hand. So God is there, Mr. Rope Man. Isaiah 48 verse 17, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One Israel, I am the Lord your God, listen, who teaches you to profitably lead you by the way you should go. So we're talking about God-guided steps by faith. Teach, lead. Teaching the Word. Leading the Holy Spirit. So if we treat the Word of God like a menu, how can God lead us? If we nullify God's Word in order to hold on to our tradition, our culture, our beliefs, consulting the dead, how can God guide us? Because if you put any other mediator in the place of Jesus Christ, Jesus will step back because He's a gentleman. He's not going to force Himself on you. Hello? God did not wrestle Jacob in submission. Jacob lost his Jacob nature, refusing to let go of God. It wasn't God having him in an arm lock, in a vice grip, and getting that stubborn, deceitful, supplanting character out of Jacob. It was Jacob who had enough of being Jacob, and Jacob who said, God, I will not let you go until you bless me, until you change me, until you touch me. He got a hold of God, my brother, and he didn't allow God to leave him. Even when God said, I had to go, he said, I'm not going to let you go. Touch me, God. Bless me, God. Is there a hungry person in this place? You're not just serving God in, in a casual way. You are hungry for God, desperate for God, for God's guidance. Because I'll tell you something, in these days we must know how to discern the voice of God. And if, we, if, we, if we're not feeding our spirit man on the Word of God, we're not going to be open to the guiding of the Holy Spirit who lives within you. And we're going to talk about it, illustrate, I have to go to Joburg in 10 minutes. So uh, Psalm 32, here it is, verse 8 to 9, Passion Translation, he says, I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you. Hallelujah. Instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life and advise you along the way. So as we take steps, God wants to guide us. We don't know it all. We have to live dependent on the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we make our plans and then the Holy Spirit leads us in a different direction. Sometimes we make decisions. 
Like Acts chapter 16, the early church, they made decisions to go there. Then the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, forbade them. Then they made another decision. The Bible says the Holy Spirit did not permit them to go. Then they had a vision and they concluded that God, multitude of counselors concluded that God had spoken to them. So they were totally dependent on the Word of Jesus and lived intertwined with the Holy Spirit because where does God live? In you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 7 in the Bible says, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So God lives intertwined on the inside. God leads you from the inside through inner peace, inner witness through the Word of God. So watch what God says because go back to what I said, rerouting away says, Accident, 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 accident. Take another route and you stubbornly ignore ways. Or ways says speed trap, speed trap, I mean the devil's trap, the, uh, entrapment, 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 and you refuse an expert if somebody runs into the road. And you think, oh no. So man has designed systems to keep us safe in the road and to give us alternative routes to reach our destination. Do you think God, who's the creator of the heavens and the earth, doesn't have your best interest at heart? That's why you need a personal relationship with God, not through some prophet or bishop or apostle. You need your relationship with God and you need to be planted in a local church so you can develop your character and serve the purpose of God for your life in your generation. So yeah, David is talking about God's guidance. And he says, God says, I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. We know Jesus said the Holy Spirit will come and He will be our guide. So don't make it difficult. Don't make it difficult, but it's not difficult. Moet nie jou leven gecompliceerd maak en moeilik maak door God uit te sluit nie. Want God wil jou lei. Hy weet beter dan jy. He says, don't be stubborn. The uh, King James Version says, don't be like the mule. Stubborn. And when I take you where you've not been before, don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. I mean, I'm going to pull you a bit, so just, um, that's fine. At least I have an operation, so I wouldn't be rough with you. So, um, come here, walk with me now, please, before I pull you in half. So, um, when, when you are born again, you are joined. This is the closest union you can have with any person is with God. You are joined. One. And He ain't ever leaving you. No matter where you go, He goes with you. You make your bed in hell, He's there. You have your glory, hallelujah moment, He's there. He's there, sent by Jesus to be with you. We have the wisdom of the universe as our guide, as our counsellor. We have the wisdom of the universe that wants to guide us, lead us, not, not stand still a bit, not tug us, tug us, tug us. He's not going to tug at you. It's not a tug of war. He's not going to wrestle you. God's not going to pull you into His will. He's not going to do it. He's just 
going to lead the way and you can decide whether you follow Him or not. You can be left behind. But God's plan is for you to live and to respect this most important relationship. Let's get out from the pulpit for the camera's sake. The most important relationship. And we don't spend enough time talking about this and developing this because He holds my future. He holds my life. He is my guide. He is my shepherd. He is my tutor. He is my teacher. How can I live as if He's not even there and I go to some carved image where I go look for help from somebody else while God says, I sent someone just like me in my place to lead you and to guide you in all truth in the finer details of our lives. Because I'll tell you sometimes, the decisions we make affect a lot of people. The decisions you make affect your, your children. You know, when, and I've seen one of the things maybe that break my heart is when a couple gets offended with a pastor and those kids were so on fire and involved in the church and they badmouth the church and the pastor and those kids that so serve the Lord now want nothing to do with God. There's generational loss for God's kingdom because the father or the mother could not deal with their offense privately and go forgive. Now they defile their generation, disconnected their children from the house of God because of an offense. So the Holy Spirit, listen. It's the way God leads us through the Word. I'm going to say again, He's not going to pull you. He's not going to tug you. He's, he's not going to be in a tug of war with you. He's not going to wrestle you into submission. He's there waiting for you to consult with Him. Waiting for you to follow Him. And we'll talk about that next week. How to discern the voice of God. Because if He holds my future, obviously, I, number one, I have to get to know Him. I have to get to know His voice. I have to get to know His ways. Not just His acts. I don't want to see somebody do miracles and I am clueless and I don't know the ways of God. I want to get to know Him. I want to turn to Him as Second Corinthians chapter 3 says, because He's my guide. I told you last week when we climbed the mountain, now David never followed me, got himself in, in trouble. And then Pastor Andre reminded me as we drove back from Johannesburg of a similar situation. This time my son did follow me. We went on a quad bike journey and on a grade six off-road, which was a bad idea for quad bikes. Okay, we thought we could go anywhere. And it was, we got to the top of the mountain and we were four. Pastor Andre and Francois, who was my gym partner that time, my son and me. And there we at the top of the mountain, the farmhouse we stayed in was just down there. And again, they said we're taking the shortest route. Andre and Francois. I said, you can't. That's There's dead ground. You can't do it. No, I'm a recce. I said, near Yesa Flays bomb. That's just a military joke. He jumped out of airplanes. He didn't have to walk down here where I did as an infantryman. To, to, to understand contours and the ground and the levels, etc., etc. He saw things from the air. And the other guy thought he was the better guide. So the other guy followed him. By the time David and I got to the farmhouse, which was a long journey, they were not even a third of the way down the mountain. 
And I saw, I looked with binoculars, I saw the one quad bike rolling, 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 rolling. So guess what I did? I was merciful like God. In my quad bike books, I climbed up the mountain, got many blisters, etc. And it helped them down the mountain. But their quad bike stayed up there. And they lost him. Broken. Because they would not follow their guide. Amen. Hallelujah. You have a guide who knows all things. You have a guide who loves you. You have a guide who is committed to you. You have a guide who will never leave you, who will never forsake you. You have a guide that will comfort you in the difficult times. You have a guide that will lead you, that will turn your stumbling blocks into stepping stones. Come on, draw closer to God. Spend time in His presence. Get to know this wonderful Jesus. God bless you. Amen. Come on, let's give all our TV viewers a big... God bless you. Come on, as we stand, we're just going to spend a moment of worshiping God. We are going to surrender our lives to Jesus. Every time we come here, we re-surrender our lives to Him. And we re- every time, Paul said, I die daily. Every time the Word of God is preached, I may be talking over there. God's talking to you over there. Um, where Jonah was located, God called him to go 300 miles this way to Nineveh. What did Jonah do? He caught the ship to take him. 2,000 miles that way. 2,000 miles. Some of you are so far away from God, it's, it's scary. You are so far away from God. Not you're a bad person. Jonah was disillusioned with God's assignment because he hated the Assyrians who were vicious murderers, killed people. And when God said, go preach mercy, Jonah didn't want to do what God told him to do. He was ready to bring fire and judgment and destroy Nineveh. God says, go preach mercy. I'll tell you something, my brother. And God sends two things to get his attention. He sends a wind. And when Jonah repents, he sends a whale to bring him back to his senses. And when Jonah is on dry land, God doesn't change his mind. The gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. He's God. We are not. It's not just a song we sing, it's a reality. And the word of the Lord comes to him a second time and says, go to Nineveh. God doesn't change his mind. God doesn't change his mind because you're offended. God doesn't change his mind because you're angry. God doesn't change his mind for any reason. He is. He's not going to change for you. So Jonah had to return to the word of the Lord and obey the word of the Lord. And it's an amazing thing. So he does, he preaches none of it. The whole city repents. And what does Jonah do? He goes and sits under a tree and he sulks. He says, I knew you were going to be merciful. That's why they didn't want to preach to these people. I wanted them dead. But you saved them, God. And he throws a tantrum. A tantrum. Some of you have been throwing your own little tantrums. Get yourself back to Jesus. Get yourself back into that place of worship and surrender. Get yourself back in that place of being the clay in the potter's hand where God can have the final say in your life. It's one decision. Jonah was in the whale's belly. And you talk about stubbornness. I thought about this many times, this man. He was actually a great man. He gets a bad rap. There's nothing bad about Jonah. He had a bad moment. He's known as the dove prophet, gentle by nature, loved by Israel. He didn't like this instruction. 
he didn't sit right with him because he was prejudiced. But he's in the whale's belly for three days. Digestive juices trying to digest him, kill him. He's not sitting there with a little table and a, and a, and a lamp like we see in children's Bible writing the book of Jonah. He says, seaweeds are wrapped around my head. Some of you have got seaweeds, clock, brain fog, whatever you call it, wrapped around your head. You, you're not out of a sound mind right now. And he stayed there for three days. Every time that fish opened his mouth, what do you think happened? The water gushed in over his head. He says, it's over my head. He's just sitting, glug, 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 glug. Three days. Three days. Stubborn. Three days. Till he says, I'm sorry, God. I will do what you want me to do. Don't be Jonah. Don't be. Because it's going to lead you to no good place. Had Jonah not come to his senses in that whale's belly, he would have died in that whale's belly. And you never would have heard about Jonah. He came to his senses. He let go of his stubbornness. He let go of his pride. And he said, Father, I will pay what I have vowed. The prayer Jesus taught us to pray, not my will be done, but thy will be done. And that's what we do. When we come to church, we fine-tune our spirit with God and with the will of God. And, and, and we remind ourselves that He is God and that He is our safe place and that He has the right to lead us and guide us. We give Him free reign. Will you do that this morning? Come on, family. Just lift your hand and begin to talk to your God this morning. And whatever it is you have to surrender, you surrender that to Him. Whatever the conversation is you have to have, he wants that conversation with you this morning because He loves you. Whatever the hurt you carry, let it go this morning. Come on. Whatever the fear you have, release it to Jesus. Whatever care, whatever burden, give it to Him this morning. Come on, God loves you. God will lead you through this valley. God will lead you through this storm. God will sustain you in this time. God only has your best interest at heart. And this morning, I believe, as you pray the right prayer, God's going to talk to that fish and that fish is going to vomit you out on dry land. But then the Word of the Lord is going to come to you and God is going to say the same thing to you in Jesus' Name. Come on, family, as we just remain in a place of worship. Come on, have our hands lifted this morning. Come on, let's just put our attention on God as our pastor said. Make that prayer this morning. Come on, just close your eyes and focus on Him for a moment. Come on, you voice it this morning. Come on, you speak to God. There's many of you that are standing in this place with every head bowed and every eye closed. And in your heart, you know that you know that you're not right with God. That God has been speaking to you this whole service. That everything that our pastor spoke this morning was exactly for you and you feel like the whole message was only there so that you can hear it. Maybe you used to serve God at some stage, but for whatever reasons, because of circumstances and things that has happened, you've moved away. But this morning your prayer said, God, just be merciful to me again. Lord, just be kind to me again. And I want to say to you that God's mercy is waiting for you. He's waiting for you to respond to Him this morning. Maybe you used to be on fire, but in your heart you know that you look warm. He wants to come to you. He wants to come and be there with you. He wants to lead you as we heard this morning. But God is a gentleman and He's waiting for you. 
So as every head is bowed, every eye closed, believers praying in this place, maybe to you and you're standing here and you're saying, hey, I'm not sure. Pastor, if I had to be honest, if I had to die, I do not even know if I would be in eternity with God. I used to serve Him, but I've grown cold. If that is quietly wherever you are, if that is you and you ask me, please pray for me. Please be so kind just now to lift up your hand and say, please pray for me. As hands are being lifted all over this building. Come on, if you just lift it and say, God, this is my way. I'm responding back to you. I'm coming back. This is my prayer. This is the start. For God to come and reveal Himself to you, you need to come and run to Him. He's standing and waiting with arms wide open. But He's saying to you, run to me. Doesn't matter what you've done yesterday. We're not asking you, do you belong to a church? Do you have a membership somewhere? But we're asking you, do you have a relationship with God this morning? If that is you, quietly lift your hand now. If you lifted it up, you're welcome to put it down. Come on, as many hands are being lifted up. If that is you, quietly, just slip it up and say, thank you, pray for me. God bless all those hands on the balcony, those at the bottom. Come on, this is your chance to come back to Him. God wants to lead you in your future. He wants to guide you in the circumstances that you're currently finding yourself. But He's waiting for you to open up. In Jesus' name. Family, we just want to say to everyone that is standing in the front, maybe you used to face the storms that you're currently facing by yourself. But today you're going to get a family. And in a moment as we're going to lead you, as Pastor said this morning, the Holy Spirit's going to come live in the inside of you. And He will be the one that will walk with you, that will guide you and lead you. But as a family, we want to do the same. So we want to encourage you. If you allow us to be part of your life, we're going to do our utmost best to walk with you, to place you in a home so to care for our structures that we have in place because you are important. Everything that we do today is because of this moment. We are thankful for the Word every Sunday, but it's all about you. Every single one of you standing in the front because your life will never be the same again after you've prayed this prayer. So if you can be so kind just to put your one hand on your heart and just to lift your other hand as you close your eyes, I'm going to lead you in a prayer and you're going to ask God, to come and forgive you. So if you can be so kind, just to pray after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I thank you for your love, for your mercy. I believe with my whole heart that you died for my sins and that you rose again and that you live forevermore. I thank you, Father, that from today, I'm a brand new person. The old has passed and the nearest come. In Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.